0: there are a lot of people who are hungry this morning and uh, there are many more who are wondering what food they're going to be putting on their table this evening to feed themselves and their families. And the pandemic has not made this any easier. This food insecurity is really ravaging our nation. Noreen Springstead is the executive director of Why Hunger. It's a 45-year-old global organization working in more than 30 countries to end hunger and to advance the human rights to nutritious food. They do this by doing a number of different things. Why has and how has the pandemic exacerbated the system that we have right now with hunger?
1: Uh, Freddie, it's so good to be with you this morning. I'm sure your listeners have... experience just how difficult uh, COVID has been and how we've all needed to stretch our dollars to make things work and be in those lines at the supermarket, but also have friends and family members and neighbors who have had to go to food banks and food pantries and food shelves to to make ends meet and ensure that their family has nutritious food. So, During the height of the pandemic, more than 50 million Americans were experiencing hunger. Those numbers have come down a little bit because there's been lots of good support out there. But still, it is a crisis in our country. One in nine kids experience hunger. And there's lots of great organizations on the ground helping people. What Why Hunger does is we run a national hunger hotline. So if you're hungry and need of help, You can call 1-800-5-HUNGRY and we'll point you to a local place where you can get food. And we want to move those numbers down this holiday season. We believe nutritious food is a human right and no one should go hungry.
0: We're talking with Noreen Springstead. She is a part of a wonderful organization trying to end hunger and advance the human rights to nutritious food Uh, You've been with this organization and you've seen a lot of ups and downs in our country with regard to food insecurities, at least since the early 90s. Is that right?
1: That's right. I started at the front desk. I've been with the organization for 29 years. I'm now the executive director and have certainly witnessed this very long-standing hunger crisis. We, we call it an emergency food system. And Freddie, I don't know about you, but 29, 30, 40, 50 years later, it's not an emergency. This is an entrenched social problem. That is completely solvable. When people earn living wages, when they're not um, stretching their dollars to pay their mortgage or their rent or their prescription drugs, and they can have the dignity to feed their family, that's how we solve hunger over the long term. So you're right. There have been ups and downs in this crisis. And we see hunger spike when there's a natural disaster, when there's an economic downturn, and certainly during the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: And people of color seem to have, uh, they they experience more of this than any other sector in our country.
1: You're absolutely right. People of color experience uh, health issues, hunger issues, social issues at higher, disproportionately higher rates than the rest of the population. That was true uh, with the COVID pandemic and the health crisis and the hunger crisis that really went hand in hand with that. So one of the things why hunger does is invest in grassroots organizations. We have prioritized investing in black-led organizations. That could be a uh, black-run farm, um, a community organization that's helping to implement solutions that will transform and last, that prioritize uh, human dignity, self-sufficiency, economic activity, and we're really really proud of that part of our strategy.
0: What about these people who have wonderful jobs, maybe they're working at Amazon, and we go to the grocery store and we we're reading the stories, we see it on news, we we broadcast it here at our radio station about the barges out on, on the sea, full of goods, full of services, and you go to the grocery store right now, and the prices are astronomically high. Gas prices are high. And now we're having to make a decision, a person with a full-time job, as to whether or not we forego this meal or that meal to pay for prescriptions. Uh, maybe I should skip prescriptions, too, because it's so high. So how, how do you protect the dignity of an individual who is well-positioned enough, they work 40 hours a week, but they can't afford anything because everything is just too high for them.
1: Freddie, you are illuminating the the broader social, economical, political context of the problem. Uh, What does it mean to live a dignified American life? If you work 40 hours plus, many people are working multiple jobs you should not be hungry that should be the most fundamental human right so in the context of these supply chain problems and um inflation right that's the world we're living in right now people who are working should not be on a food line i think we can all agree to that which means these big corporations you you mentioned amazon they need to pay a living wage So that their workers are not on SNAP, which is food stamps, or their workers are not waiting in a food line. That's the world we need to move into. That's the broader context of social change that will end hunger for good and ensure that nutritious
0: food is a human right. So what can we do as a city? What can we do as a state right now, Noreen?
1: So we believe at Why Hunger that you got to run two tracks. We have to meet people's immediate food needs. We cannot let people go hungry. I think there's a moral obligation to um, make sure that people have access to food. There's lots of incredible organizations in Minnesota doing that work. You could find more if you go to whyhunger.org slash Food. You can put your zip code in and see what's going on in your local community so that you can get your immediate food needs met. Or you can call 1-800-5-HUNGRY and we'll get you connected to a local place to help you during a hunger crisis. On the other track, we have to invest in grassroots organizations, organizations, uh, on a local level, that are ensuring access, but are also creating um, uh, better health outcomes, helping move people out of poverty, so pathways out of poverty. There are incredible organizations, soup kitchens, food pantries, that are working very holistically, not to just meet the immediate food needs but to change uh the future of that person's uh relationship with the with hunger so that's what we're doing on a national level too there was a historic uh constitutional amendment that passed in the state of maine for the right to food and you're going to see that start taking hold across the nation so that we do not have to address the hunger crisis solely by handing out food to people but people can live dignified lives, earning good wages, and taking care of their own families.
0: We only have a few seconds left. You have a Hunger-Thon underway right now.
1: That's right. Hunger-Thon is a radio tradition, so it's great to be on the radio with you. If you go to hunger org, you can contribute to Why Hunger. We have some incredible gifts for you, uh, John Lennon Gibson, Bruce Springsteen, and a t-shirt, Nutritious Food is a Human Right. So if you go to Hungerthon.org you can join this national radio campaign to end hunger for good.
0: Irene Springstead, I can't thank you enough for being with us and talking about how we can make everybody have a healthy meal every time they get ready. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thank you so much Freddie.
0: We appreciate you.